Well, um, like I said, my name is Brandon. Uh, I've, I've been a disciple now for 11 years. I've been a Christian uh, following Jesus for 11 years. It's, it's uh, actually 11 years. Uh, it'll be 11 years in about like three or four, three, three weeks or so. So coming up on 11 years. Uh, it's been a, a roller coaster of a ride for me personally. Uh, it's been up a lot of highs, a lot of lows, uh, a lot of different places from, um, gosh, just from growing up in Broward County in Fort Lauderdale, going to high school there, playing football on the football team, uh, just being very involved with athletics, and then moving on to college and figuring out how to choose a college where my faith could thrive and, and my pocket wouldn't be broke. Um, you know, that tough combination was, was something I had to consider before going to school, and I decided to go to a school in Miami called Florida International University, and um, it was just a great time, great experience of four and a half years there of just God refining me through being in the campus ministry down there in Miami, and there's a, a brother named Steve LaFrance. Many of you guys know him. Uh, he, he's doing well. He, he sends his love for Miami. Uh, he was up here and really helped uh, lead the campus ministry for a couple years, and, and uh, I've just been able to uh, be inspired by his faith as well, and, and that was a big reason why I came up. But I moved here about three and a half years ago, and um, it was definitely a transition coming from Florida to Maine, but uh, through that transition, God has really worked on my heart. He's taught me so many different lessons. He's uh, pushed me beyond what I, I thought I could be pushed. He's allowed me to realize that I have to trust in him for my daily bread. Uh, he's, he's taught me so many things that I never would have learned if I was just uh, in a comfortable setting uh, back where I grew up, where I knew everybody. And so uh, I'm just grateful to be able to preach God's word and also just to help the community here in Portland and Southern Maine know Christ. I think there's no, no greater joy than helping somebody know Christ, you know. And um, in, in our church, we have a lot of young Christians as well. Uh, for those who are visiting, we have a lot of people that have just made the decision to make Jesus Lord in the past couple years or less. And so uh, if you see somebody who you don't know, talk to them, get to know them, share, share your faith at church with them. Amen. You know, and, and love up on them. And so I'm, I'm so grateful to uh, just be a recipient of the love of you guys. And I love how even Tim was talking about just being honest with each other and, and, and really loving each other and being real with one another. And so uh, we're grateful you came, whether you're visiting from afar or you're close by. Uh, we, uh, not to put anyone on the spot, but I think we have the, the furthest uh, in attendance visitor uh, probably in the country. We have a brother visiting from the Bahamas today with us. Uh, his name is Rothario over there. So love you, bro. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is his first time seeing snow. So um, I think God... Uh, God had you in mind this morning when, when that snow came. But, you know, um, as we transition, uh, many of you guys know we've been doing a series called Rejoice. Uh, we've been looking at the book of Philippians. We've been diving into it. Uh, hopefully you guys have read the book of Philippians before. If not, it's only uh, one page in your Bible. So it, it shouldn't take you too long, you know, just one. Um, and if... If you don't have a, I have a Bible, you can get the app on your phone for free, which is awesome. It's super available. And, uh, you know, but Philippians is an incredible, incredible book. Uh, and if you were here last week, Glenn did an excellent job just like, gosh, like blowing it apart with exposition and background and this and that. And I was like, for like 10 minutes, I was like, I felt like I was 
back in Philippi when it was first colonized or whatever. But, you know, so I don't, I'm not going to dive too deep into that stuff to, today, but I do want to build off that. I want to build off his sermon from last week. And he talked about a lot about, actually, does anybody remember who was here last week, what, what the main point was last Sunday? Um, the secret of joy. Okay. Confidence, right. True joy comes from confidence in God, right? Um, You can't fake it till you make it. You know, it doesn't work uh, for the long haul. It might work for a little bit, um, but we got to be confident in God if our joy is going to be real. And so it's so simple. Just be confident in the Lord. You know, and it, it, but it's like, is it really that simple? You know, is it really that easy? I don't know. I, it's, it's not. It's not easy at all. And I think we're, you know, if we want to be a more joyful people, if we want to be a, more, a people that reflect God's love in this, in this community, um, in this world, in our families, in our homes, on our campuses, at our jobs, we got to be close to God. It's the only way we're going to be joyful. He's the only one that could provide us this joy. And so if you're confident in the Lord, true joy will abound. And so the question is, how do we get confident in God? You know, and that's, that's something that I'm hoping that throughout this series we can learn more and more. You're not going to just have an epiphany I don't, today. Maybe you will, but that's something that you're going to go after your entire life, learning how to grow in your confidence in God. You know, I don't know if any of you guys have ever done anything to build your confidence before. Maybe you've, um, I don't know, like gone on a a job fair or something. You're intimidated because you're like, all these jobs, are these employers going to pick me? And you get all these rejects. But if you go to a job fair, you're like, wow, you can meet people. You know, you can build your confidence. Or maybe you've worked out before and you've like grown physically and your, you know, endurance or your, you know, muscle has, you're, you're like, oh, I can lift that weight. I'm growing in my confidence. You know, there's different things we could do to grow in our confidence physically, but also spiritually. And so I'm hoping that, you know, throughout this series, we can look at that and we can really, you can figure out what you need to do to grow in your confidence with with God. And so uh, because joy is something that uh, is is not just something that we're striving for, but it's something that uh, pleases God ultimately. And it's something that should characterize our life. And so with that, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 through 30 today. We're going to kind of uh, go into these three verses and really just let the word speak um, and, and really kind of put ourselves in the, in the position of listening to Paul from his jail cell. And so, um, so if you have your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to read Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 to 30, and then we're going to break down this text for today. Um, so the word says, whatever happens, Philippians 1, 27, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. For this is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved 
and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. You know, this is a, a powerful section of scripture. And I think too many times I can read the Bible like clockwork, where it's just, boom, I'm, I'm going through this book. I'm going through that book. I'm reading it, reading the Bible in a year. I'm just, you know, and, 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 and I don't slow down enough to really let God's word just kind of sink yeah. into my heart. Yeah. I don't really meditate on it the way that David did when he was um, writing the Psalms as a shepherd boy. Like, I think that's something that we got to do if we're going to allow God's word to transform our lives. Now, we can read it. We could be scholars. We could be knowledgeable. We can quote it, but it won't transform us unless we let it really resonate with us. And, and we have the conviction that God is speaking to me right here. And so as I looked at this passage, there's just so many things that, that came up to me. But, you know, today, as we talk about discovering joy uh, and trying to figure out this whole joy thing, um, you know, I, I definitely want us to dive in and, and really analyze it and, and ask ourselves a question. You know, in verse 27, we read the, the, the verse that says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Just that first sentence right there. Whatever happens, right? It doesn't say if what you, Paul didn't tell them, if what you expect to happen happens, <laughs> conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, right? Yeah. He didn't say that. You know, I, sometimes I wish he did. Uh, <laughs> it would have been so much easier to obey this verse. But, but he says whatever happens. You know, whatever is a weird word. I don't know what the wor Greek word is for whatever. I didn't study that, that much out. Um, I apologize if you were looking for that, but um, I didn't do it. Uh, but whatever happens, right? Whatever happens. And so I think in Maine, a lot of things that have happened that I didn't expect coming from Florida. You know, a ton of things. You know, I, I heard it was going to be cold, but I didn't know how cold. I didn't know. I heard there might be snow, but I didn't know how much snow. I heard that the sun goes down early, but I didn't know how early. I thought it was like 6 o'clock or 7, you know, instead of 8 or 9. But, you know, all these unexpected things happened. And, you know, I think the fact that I've been able to just still hold on to Jesus. Sometimes I'm like dragging, you know, but I'm holding on by a thread. But the fact that I'm just still following him, man, like I've been able to grow. Because I didn't even know it, but I was putting this scripture into practice. And sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes you just kind of stumble on spiritual growth. Um, uh, like in Matthew uh, 13, where the guy stumbled on the kingdom of heaven. But it's very rare. You know, <laughs> spiritual growth is very intentional. You know, and I think looking at this verse, the question that I had to ask myself is, does this verse... Verse 27, the first sentence, does this resonate a feeling of duty or does this resonate a feeling of privilege in my heart and in my mind? Do I feel like, man, I have to conduct myself 
in a manner worthy of the gospel? Or do I feel like, wow, I can't believe I, I get to represent the gospel message to people in this world? You know, I just want you to think about that question. Does this, does this sentence make you feel like you got to go do something? Or does this sentence make you feel like you have the honor and privilege of being Christ's ambassador? There's a difference. Uh, there's a difference. And, and my first inclination is duty. I'm all about doing things because when you do things, stuff gets done. Um, very, very simple, right? Uh, when you do things, stuff gets done. However, it's how you do things. It's why you do things that is more important to God. You know, we could show up every Sunday, but if our heart's not here, does it really please God? No, if, if we, can, we can do the things we know we're supposed to do. But what does it matter if, if our heart is somewhere else? You know, and I want you to think about that as you just examine that first verse. And, you know, I don't know, um, uh, gosh, I'm going to kind of change a quick, uh, quick scenery here. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this show before. It's called The Amazing Race, obviously. And it's, uh, I don't know if I describe it as amazing, but it's, it's a good, it's a good uh, reality TV show. Uh, I don't really like reality TV show because it's not really like reality, in my opinion. Um, it's, it's staged, it's filmed, it's set up. But there is, there is one good thing about this show. And, you know, basically, if you're not familiar, what happens is there's a group of people that come together, they split up into twos, and then they're given, like, a mission. They're like, you got to get to this certain place in the world first. If you do that, you guys win, and you get a bunch of money. Um, and so every team of two is trying to get there. They take taxi cabs, they're on foot, they're running, they're walking, they're going through airports and villages and all these places uh, just to get the prize, you know. But I, I watched, I used to watch it a couple of years ago, but I, I kind of stopped watching it because... There was so much drama that went on, you know. There was so much, like, bickering and talking and fighting. And I'm like, guys, just win, you know. Like, be like the, you know. That's just my mindset. I'm just like, go for it. Like, A plus B equals C. Just do it, you know. Don't, don't add all the drama to what's going on here, you know. And, and that's, that's a reason why I kind of slowly stepped away from watching it. But, you know, it's, it might be something good if, if you ever want to like reenact it, it's, it's a good, good game to play or, or whatnot. So the Amazing Race, just keep that in the back of your mind. And you're probably wondering, how in the world does this tie in? Well, let's go back to, to the scripture. You know, and, and then verse 20, 27, it continues. It says, then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the, for the faith of the gospel. You know, that, the, the fullness of that verse, it, it speaks about unity. In the, in the heart and, and center of it, he talks about standing firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. You know, one spirit. We're unified by the Holy Spirit, those of us who are in Christ today. And um, that spirit is incredible. That spirit is a he. Uh, then there's so many descriptions and, and things that can be said about the Holy Spirit that I don't have time to go into today. But if we're in Christ, we're all unified through that Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because 
when I look at the church today, not just our church here, but the church on the global, the, the big picture, sometimes it doesn't look that unified to me. Just keeping it real, guys. You know, sometimes it, it looks like people have a lot of different opinions. Sometimes it looks like people have a lot of different uh, beliefs and, and a lot of different feelings about things. And, and I think that's okay. I think it's, it's good that not everyone's favorite color is red. That would be a little strange, you know? Um, and not everybody talks the same or, or walks the same or, or came from the same background. I'm, I'm so grateful for the, the variety, the differences, just the creativity that God has blessed certain people with in his body. But we got to be united in the spirit when it comes to our relationship with God, why we're here, and the fact that we all know what our purpose and our mission is. You know, our purpose is to love God, and our mission is to help everybody else know Christ's love. And, and, and with that being said, we can do that in so many different ways, right? You know, Paul here is telling them to stand firm because there's opposition happening in Philippi right, at, this po- at this moment. You know, there's, there's opposition. There's, there's people that are enslaving Christians, that are persecuting Christians, that are distorting the gospel that... And he's like, you got to stand firm in that one spirit. Because if you don't, you'll be destroyed. And if you think about it, it's pretty deep. You know, our society today, uh, it, it might not be as, as physically brutal as it was back in, back in the first century. But spiritually, it's just as brutal, if not more. You know, and I think a lot of times we forget that we're on a mission. We forget that we're on a battlefield. We're, not on a, we're on a battleground. We're not on a playground in, in, in life. And I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because the reason um, <laughs> a lot of times the church can look like the amazing race. You know, they can look like, all right, we got this mission. We're going to go seek and save the lost. We're going to go do this event. We're, to, to do that, we're going to raise money to do it. But then before you know it, people have different opinions. People have different ideas. People see things differently, and if, if we're not real with one another, if we don't come together and talk about what's going on in our hearts and in our minds, there's slowly, there's, there's holes that form. You know, slowly that unity gets eaten away a little bit. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have, um, just wanted to show this picture. Uh, this is a Roman shield wall, and basically it's how the Romans used to fight, and if you could tell in the front, they have one straight, they have one kind of at an angle, and they have one directly up uh, to protect themselves. But the way they used to fight is they would all march in unison and get closer to their opponent, get closer to the opposing army. But they all had to be together. You know, one person, if they walked out of that shield wall, it leaves a gap. You know, there's, there's a vulnerability there for the enemy, you know, and... and and so when they were together, they conquered. And the people of Philippi knew what war was. They knew what fighting was. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie 300. Oh, yeah. uh, incredible uh, Spartan movie. Um, and I love that it's, it's based on true events. But, you know, just don't forget that we, although we don't have this physical armor, we're in a battle much more greater than what the Romans used to fight. You know, what we see in the movies. You know, I think a lot of... Sometimes we get inspired by physical events, but we forget that there's a spiritual reality behind it. And we forget to apply that to our lives. 
You know, and, and in a war, guess what happens? Sometimes people get hurt, you know? Sometimes a soldier goes down, and you got to pick him up, and you got to go after him and take care of him. You know, that's, that's what we have to do as a soldier in God's army. We got to take care of each other. If we see somebody alone, go talk with them. Go encourage them. If we see somebody downcast, go, go lift them up, you know? If we haven't seen somebody in the army for a while, let's give them a call. You know, let's not just assume they're doing okay. You know, let's, let's, let's spur one another on. I get, you guys have full permission based on God's word to do that. You don't have to wait to do that, you know? Um, you can do that today. But I want to encourage you guys to really remember that this is, this is what we look like right here. It's not all of our pretty and beautiful and, you know, handsome presences. Just keeping it real, like, we, we probably look a little better than, than those guys. They were a little rugged. Um, but that's the reality. Every day is we're fighting a spiritual war. And I don't have time to go into the spiritual armor. I could do that. But I want you to, re- to remember this because imagine if the soldier just started splitting off and having, no, their own idea. Like, no, I think we should fight this way. No, I think we should fight this way. And then before you know it, they're just completely all over the place. They're going to get destroyed. No, you got to look around at, at everyone in this room, everyone that is in Christ today, and remember that that's your teammate. You guys are on the same team. How are you guys working together? How are you guys connecting how are you guys building each other up? How are you guys fighting the enemy together? What are you guys doing? You know, and I'll be honest, uh, it's, it's not always easy. Uh, we don't get to choose, you know, who our fellow soldiers are. God does that for us. But, but if we want to stay alive, if we want to thrive for God, we're going to work together to do it because we don't stand a chance by ourselves, yeah. you know. And, and I think uh, looking at, at that, that image just helps me remember where I'm at, you know, spiritually. It helps me to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, for God. And, you know, what happens if the, if the, the shield wall fails, if there's a gap? The people, the people suffer and the mission suffers, you know. The people get wounded and the likelihood of them being victorious goes out the window. So they got to stay together, you know. In the same way, I want to ask you guys, how, how are we going to stay united as, as a family of Christ? What are we going to do? You know, there's practicals there. There's things that create unity, and there's things that create disunity, right? There's things that build up and create joy, and there's things that are discouraging, so we don't even, joy isn't even in our mind. And so you could probably list them. You guys are all very smart, intelligent, and and it keeps going on and on, but like pray with one another. Say, hey, let's get together, but let's, let's talk about a scripture before we just kind of chat and have small talk. You know, let's maybe, maybe let's go and encourage somebody together. Uh, let's go bring a, a care package to someone together. Maybe it's, let's just fast together today or this week for this brother, this sister who, who's, who's going through a, a challenging time. You know, there's so many things to do to create unity. Um, it's funny, uh, Evan and Jared are our two brothers. Uh, they're not here today. They're, uh, they're out. But, but we go to the gym like at least three times a week between the two of them. And, 
And because we've been doing that consistently for four weeks, we've been able to help each other grow, grow stronger. You know, and it's, it's, not, it's not a coincidence, but we've been able to have more spiritual conversations, more times in prayer, more times in the word, and more times out sh- sharing our faith with other people because we're together, because we're stronger together, you know. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. You always hear that phrase, better together. And I think that's the theme of the marriage retreat next week um, down in Portsmouth. So if you haven't registered, definitely do that. You know, it's good. Um, um, if, if you're not married, please don't register. Um, I know some of the campus students were thinking about it. No. Um, but, you know, it's, it's this idea where we, we need each other. And um, I really believe that that the more we do things together spiritually, the more we're going to be able to defeat enemy, the enemy, Satan, who's always on the, on the prowl, always looking to find a hole in our armor. You know? and, and, and with that, I want us to remember to do things to build unity, to build joy. You can create joy. You can create unity by being with your brothers and sisters and figuring that out, by doing something that's going to, propel us closer to Jesus and his heart. Uh, but then we can also do things that tear that down. Now, what are some things that, that are, are joy robbers? It's, you know, gossip or selfishness or pride, right? You know, saying things without thinking sometimes. How is this going to affect my brother or sister? Doing things without thinking. That stuff is, is harmful, you know, to God's family. And so I want to encourage you guys to, to, to do things that are going to build up, you know, because the reality is, you know, it, there's a lot of holes in the church. Amen. We're not perfect, but we can, we can grow together. We can get stronger, you know, and, and our culture, our society, I mean, they do it. There's a debate or there's an argument about everything you could think of. Was Black Panther good enough? Yes. No. You know, was who should the Patriots have won the Super Bowl? Is Tom Brady really the best or is Joe Montana back in that category? You know, there's just all these different things that create division that the world just implants in us, subconsciously almost, things that we don't even realize. And it's like, that can become us with our brothers and sisters if we're not careful. You know, if we're not really holding to the teachings of Jesus, if we're not making his word our standard in our lives. And so I want to just remind you guys to have, as I close out, to have security in God. You know, true joy comes from confidence in God. And when you're winning a war, you're pretty confident. You know, when, when you're surrounding your army and they have your enemy and they have no place to go, you build a lot of confidence at that moment. But when you're being destroyed, it's so hard to be confident. It's so hard to be happy knowing you're about to die, you know. And, and spiritually speaking, we, when our security is in God and we know that God is, is the one fighting our battles for us, all we have to do is go to him then we have the most confidence in the world. It's like, you know, I, it's like LeBron James playing on our basketball team. We, we don't have to worry. We're going to win. It's like we have Steph Curry with us. We don't, anybody we play, we're going to destroy them. We can be that confident in our own faith. But a, a lot of times we forget that God is with us. You know, Matthew 28, right, the Great Commission, he says, you know, go into all the nations and help them become disciples and disciple the nations. But then at the end, he also says, 
I'll be with you everywhere you go. And don't forget that. Um, and so as we go about our lives, as we go about our weeks, I know um, our society is very individualistic. It's all, you know, you do you. You provide for your family, and that's it. And you're good. And just enjoy whatever you want to do next. You know, worship whatever God you want to worship um, after you take care of your bills or whatever. That's, that's, that's Portland. You know, that's, that's our society. But I want to encourage you to, to think about, how, man, how can, I, how can I show my love to others? You know, Christ loved me. Man, that's why I want to go out and love other people. You know, I lift up um, just the Hope team yesterday. They, we were just talking to people who couldn't really talk, uh, elderly people, that they, they weren't in their right state of mind, all of them. They were very, it was very uncomfortable to talk with them. But because we were loving them, we, you know, it, it made it worth it, you know. Um, and so love covers over all the things that, that, we, that we're not, that hinder us, rather, you know. And I think letting our focus being on advancing, just on advancing our love for God and it really creating joy, being people that build up, people that work together, that's, that's going to be the goal, you know, um, because as we look at this passage, we see that not only does opposition come from the outside, it can come from within too. And we got to be strong in the Lord. We got to be secure in God. You know, we can, we can lose an argument because we know we have our sins forgiven. Does that make sense? You know, we can, we can love people who are hard to love because we know that our worst day as a Christian is, is, the, is better than anybody who, who's not in Christ, their best day. Like, better than... Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl, you know, is, is, is our, worst, our worst day is way better than that. Because we have a, a, a crown, we have a prize that can never be taken away. It's, it's for eternity, you know. And I want to I just remind you guys of that. No matter what desire God put on your heart, maybe you're feeling empty, like, I could be doing more. Or, Man, how come I don't have this or that? And you're comparing yourself to other people and the blessings that God is giving them. I want to encourage you to, to just go after the love of God. You know, just go after being in God's presence. Because no matter what you have or don't have, or no matter what you think other people might have that's better than you, they got, they got so much stuff that they're dealing with as well, you know. And so just being in God's presence, growing in our love for him, that's going to give us that joy. That's going to give us confidence but nothing of this world can really give us that. And, it, and sometimes it takes a while for that to sink in. You know, I've been almost a disciple now for 11 years, and I think I'm finally starting to understand that. And so I want to encourage you guys to be patient. If, if you don't know, uh, spiritual growth does take time. But, but when you have people in your corner, you can grow so much faster. When you have people you can be real with and open with and and say, bro, I need to be challenged. I just feel like I'm slacking. Like I've been so lazy. Just light me up with the Bible and just call me higher. Like that's what God wants. He uses us to sharpen each other in love, you know. And and so as we kind of kind of take it down for a landing, you know, I want to just remind you guys that if our security is in God, we can be confident because He's gonna He's gonna let us win every every battle we face. And with that confidence, we can be a people of joy. We could be happy. We could be uh, 
no matter what our circumstances are, right, we can, we can have joy, and, and people are going to see that. You know, there's so many of you I can lift up as being joyful people that I look up to, um, you know, and so just knowing that other people are, are growing in this just like us, it, it makes it something that feels possible for somebody who's not naturally joyful, you know, and, and basically as we close, I want us to remember, I just want us to remember God and how awesome he is. There's, there's this book, I don't know if you guys ever get a chance to read it, but I, I, I just encourage you, it's, it's called The Crucified Life by A.W. Tozer, and um, get a copy of it, uh, or listen to it on audiobook, but it's, it's all about being a hundredfold Christian, not a, not a, 30-fold or 60-fold, but being entirely sold out for God. And just, you know, maybe look that up. It, I got it for $9.99 on iBooks. But, you know, it's, it's a read that will change your relationship with God. It'll help you really go deeper and, and really help you to desire to, to even suffer for Christ. I know that sounds weird, to desire to suffer, but... That book has helped me a lot in my relationship with God. And so as we close, I, uh, I actually just want to read a few verses from a song. Uh, it's a very famous song, very familiar song. And we sing it in, in church on, on Sunday sometimes. But uh, it was written a long time ago. Uh, but it, it's called uh, We're Marching to Zion. And I just want us to listen to the lyrics um, and just let it, let it just resonate um, even though we've heard them a thousand times, I want us just to slowly listen to it like we are just hearing it for the first time. But the way that this song goes is it says, Come, we that love the Lord, let our joys be known. Come, join in song with sweet accord, join in song with sweet accord, and thus surround the throne, and thus surround the throne. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion, we're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Let those who refuse to sing, who never refuse to sing, who never knew our God, but children of the heavenly King, but children of the heavenly King, may speak their joys abroad. May speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. The hill of Zion yields a thousand sacred sweets. Before we reach the heavenly field, before we reach the heavenly fields, or walk down the golden streets, or walk the golden streets, let our songs abound and every tear be dry. For we're marching through Emmanuel's ground. We're marching through Emmanuel's ground. To fair worlds on high, to fair worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God the beautiful city of God, of God. And so with that, let's remember this journey as a Christian is we're, we're getting to heaven together. Amen. So amen.